Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast. With Tony Maradero. 55 seconds left in the penalty, a minute and 27 seconds left in regulation time. Boston 4, Montreal 3. Lafleur coming out rather gingerly on the right side. He gives it into Lemaire back to Lafleur. Oh! The sickest Montreal Canadiens podcast. <laughs> there is a ball! Sports entertainment like no other. Rejoint, on lui fait perdre la rondelle une chance devant. Et c'est la you found the dogs! John, you found the dogs! He found the dogs! And all together they worked a young team to the top. And now a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal. The Canadians win the Stanley Cup! Brought to you by Energy Transportation Group, driven to be different. 8.6 beer, intense by nature, and Lacage. If the last time you went to Lacage was when the Habs won the cup, it's time you went back to Lacage. It's gonna be sick. Marinero on this Wednesday, November 9th, 22 minutes past 10 p.m. And here we are. It is the sick podcast. The Montreal Canadiens win again. And some of you are happy, and I'm saying, oh, my God, here we are again. The Canadians stuck in no man's land. I don't think they'll make the playoffs, and they'll end up getting, you know, the 12th or 13th pick. But you're probably I'm probably sounding like a broken record by now. Some of you are going to say, Tony, you know, my, my, my cousin Rick called me, and he said, Tony, it's not that bad. Cole Caulfield was a 15th pick, and look at the way he panned out. And if they get another one, I'd say, yeah, but. What are the chances of getting another player like Cole Caulfield at 15th pick? But, you know, you're pretty certain of getting a pretty good one at one, two, three, or four. But anyway, the Canadians win, and mostly everyone at the Bell Center, probably everyone actually was happy with the win. It was it was convincing, and they, this one was uh, was over in a hurry because within a span of 11 and a half minutes, the Montreal Canadiens scored three goals, in period number one, Nick Suzuki got it started 55 seconds in, and Pearson uh, picked up a penalty as um, an infraction on Joel Edmondson. The Canadians go on the power play, and 12 seconds after they go on the power play, it went from Caulfield to Drouin to Nick Suzuki, and his shot went right through Thatcher Demko, right through him. Arbor Jackye, less than eight minutes later, on an assist from Monaghan, who wins the faceoff, he gets a wrist shot just that makes its way, had eyes, makes its way through traffic. Kirby Dock on a giveaway 
from JT Miller. He's able to go five hole on Demko just like that. It's three nothing after period number one. Mike Hoffman down the right wing, a quick wrist shot. And I've been talking about Hoffman being a penny stock that was at like two cents. And after last night's game, he went to four cents. And after tonight's goal, he probably is at five cents. So now I think uh, we understand where Kent Hughes is coming from. And that's why Hoffman is in the lineup. And that's why they keep on playing him when a lot of people were saying, put him on waivers, send him down to Laval. If he clears waivers, try and trade him. Even if you get nothing, he's trying to build up his stock. That's what he's trying to do. Anyway, um, that was about it. A Samuel Montembeau who battled again in tonight's hockey game. And it was the line of Suzuki, Caulfield, and Doc that woke up after being silent through regulation and overtime yesterday. One goal and one assist for Suzuki, one assist for Cole Caulfield, and two goals for Kirby Doc. Mike Hoffman has a goal, and Sorter's Arbor Jacki, like I mentioned. And uh, there you have it. The Montreal Canadiens win, and they win big over the Vancouver Canucks. Next up, the Pittsburgh Penguins. They visit the Bell Center on Saturday evening. The Sick Podcast brought to you in part by LaCash. If the last time you went to LaCash was when the Habs won the Cup, it's time you go back to LaCash. The menu will surprise you. Now, usually, George Larac joins us on Thursdays of BPM Spar, and Marc-André Perrault of TVA Spar joins us on Wednesdays. But because Marc-André Perrault is working tonight, the game at the Bell Center, George Larac has accommodated us. He'll join us tonight, so Marc-André Perrault can join us tomorrow. The flexibility is a beautiful thing. I bring him in. George, what's going on? Hi, Tony. I'm very good. How are you? Awesome. So Thanks good. for Thank doing you. this, man. You're always happy when the Canadians win, eh? Oh, my God. I am happy. And it's funny because uh, I know we've had this talk about you not wanting to see this team uh, drafting in the no man's land because yeah. you want to see this team draft top three. But you know what? Um we, the way that we swing those young kids emerge uh, carrying this team is uh, is awesome because uh, that's what you want to see. You want to see these kids getting better. And uh, every day they are, they're carrying this team. And, uh, you know, you just need the right mix of veteran around them and they'll be that much better because you know that next year, um, you know, Droy and, and Dadana will be gone. So that's some money that you're freeing up right now to improve this team. And the thing with Hoffman, Yes, the last couple of games before the last two, he was off. But, you know, you, we know that if there's one guy you have to keep between him, Dadanov, and, and Dwayne, it's him. Because, you know, he, he has the most poise to score. He, he, he skates, uh, and he's, he's a pure goal scorer. He finds ways to score, even if you don't really see him. And uh, the fact that he has another year, uh, you know, it's good for the Canadian that he's the guy that is the biggest threat of the three, but... You can't win with three guys like that in your lineup. and uh, But the good thing is because Montreal is rebuilding, um, you know, there's no urgency this year about what they're going to do because there's one thing for sure, and I'm pretty sure that I can't use coming to that evidence, is that, you know, you could get Drouin to play more and Dallin off to play more. Mm-hmm. You'll never raise their stock high enough so a team at the, the line would get interested in getting them. You know, Hoffman is the only guy that could interest the team because we see that, you know, when this guy is on, he could score. But these other two guys, they're done. And if Dadanovic is not part of the future of the Canadians, and if you're – because it's not five games into the season. It's 13 now. So 
if you're convinced that you're not going to get anything on deadline for those two guys, why plan them? Why taking ice time of young guys if you're rebuilding, you know? Push them aside. Put them on waivers. Send them to Laval. Because if they're not, if they're not give you anything in return to trade them, why plan them? I don't understand it. All right. Okay. So now, uh, Hoffman, I talked about, you know, like a penny stock, right? A lot of people were, were down on him, but the past two games, three goals for Mike Hoffman, and we always knew he was a goal scorer. We always knew he could shoot the puck. He shot the puck very well. Uh, you know, yesterday, some would say, wow, two rebounds, anyone could have scored. I don't believe that, by the way, because I think there will be some players that will find a way to miss. But Hoffman tonight, another great reshot, and his value is going up, George. See, the thing with Hoffman, which people have to realize, is before Martin Sully pushed him aside, uh, Montreal, uh, they're really into the analytics numbers. Analytics numbers that, that uh, you know, analyze the players, you know, um, you know, the performance on, on the ice. And believe it or not, Hoffman, with those numbers, he was like one of the best players on the team, the best player on the team, as when he's on the ice in terms of quality chess when he's on the ice. The numbers showed that the Canadian has more quality chance when he's on the ice. The threat that he is when he's out there. And that's even when he wasn't really producing. So the analytics was on this side. So the potential is always there. Hoffman, if you look every year, he's, he's always been a goal scorer and he's always put numbers. Like he's always put the puck in the net. You know, the last couple of games before that, he was in the funk, but so was all the veterans in the funk. We're talking about Hoffman, but what about all the other ones? What about Josh Anderson? You know, other than the hat trick with Dvorak, what have we seen from him? What do we see for Armia? What do we see from Dvorak? I'm not, I'm not happy with Anderson, by the way. But, I mean, there's there's so many positives to talk about tonight's game. I mean, two or three points in. I don't want to go to a negative. We have, we have okay, time. Okay, We're going to okay. get to that a little bit later. The okay. line of Suzuki, but I'm, I'm with you on that one. The line of Suzuki, Caulfield, and, uh, and Kirby Doc, though. Let's talk about Kirby Doc now. Because uh, your buddy and my buddy, Jean-Charles Lajoie, I have to tell you, has been adamant that Kirby Doc, in his opinion, is not a centerman. He doesn't believe um, he's got the engagement that a centerman should have. He doesn't believe that he's got the IQ a centerman should have. We know he doesn't take face-offs the way a good centerman should. Former Montreal Canadiens coach Michel Therrien, who joins him, um on his show on TVS Spot, agrees with Jean Charles and actually says he sees some parallels between Doc and Galchenyuk. So far, I have to say, Jean Charles might be right. Kirby Doc looks more of a free spirit, more of a shooter, and looks more effective on the wing where he has to think less. So my question to you is, have you already decided that Kirby Doc is a winger and not a center? Yes, and, uh, you know, there's no doubt in my mind that he's a winger. And the reason why is I'll just go back to Chicago. In Chicago, he had problems producing. The reputation that he had in, in, in Chicago is that as a centerman, not just that he couldn't win face-off, but he couldn't finish. He couldn't make plays. And he's a, we, everybody talked about how good of a scare he was and his size and everything. And if you have a guy like Jonathan Taze, which, uh, you know, a, a, a great centerman, that can't teach him how to win draws and how to play that position. And he was close to him. Taze was close to Doc, and he was hurt when Dallas got traded. So that right there showed you that 
if it didn't work in Chicago playing center, why would it work in Montreal? So he came into Montreal and we all penciled him at the second, second line center after uh, Suzuki. And when we see him playing wing, it, well, first of all, anyone that plays with Suzuki as a, a winger is fortunate because Suzuki is an amazing passer and he can take advantage of that. But the fact that, you know, we're looking for this winger to play with these two guys, he's skilled enough, he's fast enough to play there, is the perfect combination. And, and I bet you that even Doc, if he saw himself as a sentiment before, the fact that he plays on the top two, on the top line of the team with Suzuki and Caulfield, I'm pretty sure that he's pretty happy to play on the way because he's never put those offensive numbers in the past before. And, and, and yes, He's putting those numbers not just because he's playing the wings, because he's playing with two amazing players that are carrying this team right now, and he's competing like he's completing them perfectly. And we see it night out now in those last couple of games. They're perfect together. Listen, uh, Jeff Gordon was hoping for one thing, and the Canadians will take it, by the way. If Kirby Dock ends up being a winger, they'll take it. They'll end up going to try and find another centerman hopefully via the draft with a top five pick. But anyway, that's another story for another day. Uh, he was hoping that Kirby Doc was going to be to the Canadians and pan out the way Mika Zibinijad did for the New York Rangers. When Jeff Gordon was with the New York Rangers as their general manager, one of the first moves he made was to trade Derek Brassard to Ottawa and acquire Zibinijad. Zibinijad had picked up, what, 45 or 51 points in Ottawa, and then he went to New York and he exploded. I think he looked at Zabinajad and said, top six pick in the draft, big right-handed shot centerman, Kirby Doc, top three pick in the draft, big right-handed shot centerman. I think he saw some similarities, and I think he's hoping that Doc will be to the Canadians what Zabinajad has been to the Rangers. Well, that, that, that's a good comparison because of the way that now Doc is playing. Because I bet you that Chicago did not see that because the way he was playing in Chicago, they didn't see him getting into any high production soon because he was struggling. He was struggling. And, you know, Chicago is in rebuilding phase like Montreal is too. You don't let a young guy like that go if you're rebuilding. Why wouldn't you keep him? Because if you're rebuilding, that's actually the type of players you need to keep on your organization. So. That's why if I'm looking at that is that they have doubts about the fact that it could produce. So I'm pretty sure that everybody now in Chicago is surprised to see his production. But again, Montreal did the right thing. They tried at center, didn't work. And, you know, I don't think it works to put a guy at center and play, put a guy with him so he could take the draws and then you go back to center. No, if you're a center man, you're a center man, you take the draws, you do everything. You don't take somebody that do your draw and then you go back to that position like at one point if you can't do it go back in the wing and montreal tried something it worked and now you know we all agree that is the per their perfect spot and and also if you look at this lineup mm -hmm. take kirby doc out yeah the hardest question to answer is like okay who would you put with suzuki and caulfield there's, Anderson no, is there's not nobody there's nobody that has been as consistent or will be exactly. as consistent. Uh, Brendan Gallagher uh, has had a hard time finding the net. And, and, Brendan, and they... Brendan Gallagher can't play with those two guys because Brendan Gallagher is not skilled enough to play with Caulfield and Suzuki is not fast enough. Anderson is fast enough, but his IQ is not good enough to play with them. 
you know, and, and that's why and like, Slavkovsky's not ready. Yeah, exactly. So that's why doc is the best guys to be, to be there. And I don't see anyone, anyone else getting there. So that's why they're pretty lucky that these three guys together, your first line, it's solved for the next 10 years. Yeah. And now you just have to address the other line. All right. Okay. We talked about Monaghan, uh, pardon me, uh, Hoffman playing two good games in his last two. Here's another bright spot. I thought Jonathan Drouin was better tonight. Now, very good? No. Good? I thought he was better. Some would say uh, it's tough not to be because his play has not been a very good level. Um a lot of people have thrown in the towel on Jonathan because it's no longer year one. It's no longer year two. It's no longer year four. It's now year six. A lot of people have thrown in the towel because he's no longer 19 and he's no longer 21 and he's no longer 23. He's now in his, his you know, more than his mid-20s. Do you think he played better tonight? I think he played better tonight. Well, the one thing with Jonathan that that that, that we have to realize is as hard as it is to believe when you look at him play, this is his contract here. This is last year. He's playing this year to try to get a team to give him a contract, a multi-year contract. He's playing this year, his last year of his contract, to show every NHL team that, you know, he wants to play, he deserves another chance, and he wants to attract teams. And Right now he's not saying, getting a multi-year deal. If we're saying that he's doing better, more effort, uh, no. If he doesn't score, if he doesn't put up points, what is he there for? First of all, we already know that he's not the future player in the Canadians. We know that he's gone next year. If you know that he's gone next year, what are we doing this year? Why are we putting him in a power play? To try to help him raise his stock so he can make more money? Like... No, he's not in your plan. No, no, they're, no, they're trying to help raise his value so they can get something but, for him. Yeah, yeah, but Tony, do you think that the, the team in the NHL that are watching the Canadians, right, that they know that the Canadians are going to be potential sellers, right? Do you really think that the way Jonathan Dwayne is playing right now, a team is going to look at him and they're going to say, this is the winger we need to win the Stanley Cup? No, the you way really he's that? no, no, the way he's playing now, absolutely not. But what Tony, if he... we're, th- we're thirteen games into the season? I understand. What, what do you think? What do you think is going to happen? Like in the next ten games, he's going to turn into Suzuki. Like, no, I remember, it. it's, I his con- it's his con- it's his contract year. Usually, a player on his contract year, they're desperate. They're like hitting. They're doing things that we haven't seen before. They're hungry. They have things to prove. And right now, the things that we're seeing, all the teams are seeing it. And it's not helping because it is hard. The, with all the things that's happened with him in the past, that is staying with him, there's a stigma with him that everybody around the league knows. There are scouts watching Montreal every game. So whatever I'm telling you right now, they already know that. You think they're going to report to their GM that this is the player that we need? The one has to do more than just playing harder. He has to produce. He has to Dwayne has the skills to be as creative and as dangerous as Suzuki. He can if he wants to because he has the skill, the speed, and everything. But somehow when I look at him play, he's not inspired. Um, he, look, he plays like he's just following through the motion. He plays like someone that has a 10-year contract. When in fact, 
and he's in his prime too, 27. He's in, he should be having his best year in the NHL right now. And uh, that's why seeing all this right now, you're seeing that he was a bit better. That's because he was so bad last game, so invincible that today we saw a couple shifts and so we're like, oh, he yeah. was better. Like, come on, you could do more than that. Yeah, you know, one of the things, and I see what's going on on social media, and Jonathan Drouin is on social media, is that a lot of fans are starting to say that they're starting to be blocked by Jonathan Drouin, which is, it's it's a scary thing, and I want to tell you why, because that means that either he and or his people are actually searching his name to see what's being said about him, and it's, it's, not, it's just, it's not a good idea to be on social media if you're an athlete especially if you're an athlete who's not playing very well right now. And especially if you're an athlete who had, you know, some personal issues a couple of years ago and the game got overwhelming. Uh, If he and or his people are listening and or watching my advice for what it's worth is to get off of social media, to detach from the game in that respect, to not pay attention, to not even watch the podcast or listen to the radio or watch TV just to show up and try and have fun. Like when you used to show up to the rink when you were a kid, having said all that, if it keeps on going the way he's going, you know, I'm thinking that maybe you look at Switzerland at the end of the season in the off season, there's less pressure. It's a nice life. You play less than 60 games. You can travel the whole country in less than a four and a half hour bus ride. You sleep in your own bed every night. Uh, you could probably walk the streets and not be known or noticed, you know. Now, listen, if he wants to play in the National Hockey League and that's what he wants and continue, I wish it for him. But you, like you said, he's running out of time now. But, you know, Tony, when you talk about social media, I have a news for everyone that are listening to us right now. Social media is a drug. Every athlete reads what's said about them on social media. They look at everything. Everybody does. We do, they right? Might... We do. We do. No, everybody does. They, yes. The players do too. And they might lie to the media when they say that they're not reading what's going on, but they know. And the thing is, there's some players that don't care, and there's some players that affects them. Jonathan Drouin, it affects them to see negative things about him in social media. Everything that he went through, the mental challenge and everything, when he reads negative comments, it affects them. But at the end of the day, we, we most of us, well, I don't. I, I can't say most of us because I don't know the percentage of athletes that are affected by it. But hockey is just a game. It's a just. It's just a game. If you play bad, if your heart is not into it, it doesn't define you as a human being outside the ice. You could be a good person, but I remember Mark Messi in his book uh, said one time, um, you know, if the first compliment you say to someone to a player that he's a good person, well. The good person, they could stay in the room and will take warriors to go on the ice. Um, if the first thing you say about a guy is good and he's nice and stuff, it's not who you're going to win with. And the thing with Joe is that, yeah, he's looking at what's going on in social media. It affects them. And when you're blocking people, you're showing that it affects you. And that, again, when it does, it just added pressure. He needs to play an environment like Phoenix where no one cares about, there's no pressure about hockey. You have a little paragraph, whether you win or loss in the papers the next day. There's one or two media max after each game because I played there. Mm-hmm. And he's going to have to play in a, like, if you're in the NHL in a market with no pressure, 
that you know he could have fun and uh, you know is there's no scrutiny about his game and nobody talks about it because football baseball like all these sports are first and hockey's dead last so it's going to be a market like that or as you said play in Europe where he's going to burn the league in Europe a, yeah. a, a league there's less hitting no pressure again and you could have fun and not worry about the pressure. Geez, I don't know what to say to your comment to if you block people on Twitter. It's because it affects you because I blocked about 3,000. So now I, <laughs> I, I, I don't know what to say. But I have to say, I haven't blocked one in 48 hours. I'm getting better, actually. I'm not blocking. <laughs> but but I mean, Tony, Tony, it's okay to block people. What I'm saying is that some people are, it affects them, you know, when they block them because they got insult too much. I block people too, and I'm not a fact. I'm just a block them because people are un- impolite. So if they are, they don't deserve to write to you. So I block them, but it doesn't affect me. But you, it's the same thing you, with everything you do sometimes. Like when we have strong opinion, we might block people there and there once in a while, but it doesn't affect us because if it did, we wouldn't keep going what we're doing. You know, the, the podcast you're doing is exposed to so many people. So yeah. you're exposed to criticism and it's normal. And again, some people are just not polite. And if they're not, we just block them and that's it. And then we yeah. move on with the rest of the guys that like yeah. us. Yeah, and everyone's entitled to their opinion. A couple of people told me not to recap the game tonight because they watched the game. So I said, well, how about those who didn't watch the game? Or how about those who missed the first period? Or how about those who missed the second? You know, there are people that work and they come home late. They missed the first period. There are people that take their kids to activities or sports and they missed the first period. There are people that put their kids to bed and they missed the second period. There are people that have to help out around the house and they probably missed the third period. So even though you watched it, folks, I'm willing to take a lot of suggestions. But even though you watched it, I'm not going to get away from recapping a game, which will take me five minutes on a show that's going to go for about an hour because you probably watched the whole game, but there's a ton of people who did not watch the whole game. Not to mention that you watched the game, but the way you saw it and the way I saw it could be different. So I'm going to tell you the way I saw it, and then I'm going to give you a chance to tell me how you saw it And then you can comment, and then you can call. So, folks, I'm open to suggestions. I've done a lot of things that people wanted me to do. I've changed some things that I did that people wanted me to change. But I'm not going to get away from recapping a game for about five minutes or so. Now, it's a sick podcast, and it's brought to you in part by 8.6 Beer. And for whatever reason, I'm starting to lose my voice. Intense by nature. The beer for those who follow their instinct and live their passions in order to make their mark. Why am I losing my voice, George? I don't know. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Last time we did a podcast together, you lost the internet. This time, it's your voice. There's always something. <laughs> Bet the you're eating too much meat. You're eating, you're eating too much meat. You got to be vegan like me, bro. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, there's a very good chance of... Uh, I don't know how you do it, George. God bless you, but I mean, I just... I'm always thinking about burgers and I'm always thinking about steak and I'm always thinking about sandwiches and I'm always thinking about stubs. And I don't know how you do it, but all the power to you. Hey, I got to ask you a question. Yeah. When you were playing for the Habs, were you vegan down the stretch? My last year, my last year I was vegan because Pierre Gauthier, the gym was vegan also. I was lucky because half the menu in the plane and the gesture was vegan. 
and uh, it was awesome. It was awesome. It was perfect, and uh, it, it's no problem. It's just I don't just don't eat any animal product. So no, no, even listen, in pregame I... meals, in pregame meals, there's vegetables, there's rice, there's potatoes, there's, yeah. there's tons of stuff. So I don't have to and, eat and, meat. And, and listen, I, and and I understand. Uh, I understand what you stand for and why you do it for. I think it's very commendable. I mean, I just. Uh, it's um it's a little bit stronger than me, but I, I think what you stand for, I think it's awesome. All right, um, Marinero, and uh, of course uh, the Sick Podcast brought to you in part by Energy Transportation Group. If you ship commercial freight and you want to impress your boss with how much money you can save, get in touch with the logistics professionals at Energy Transportation Group. Email them at sick at shipenergy.com or visit their website at shipenergy.com. All right, okay. Uh, Arbor Jack guy, the last time you were on, I, I think you were, uh, you were doing the Italian dance. I think you were doing the Tarantella by yourself because Arbor Jack guy served a serious correction to Zach Cashin. Um, he scores a big goal tonight. He's got this quick wrist shot that has made its way through traffic on a couple of occasions this year. Has he proven to you that he is 100% ready for the National Hockey League or... 80% ready for the National Hockey League, but you're willing to live with that 20% where he's not quite ready. What yeah, is we're, we're willing to live with the 20%. Uh, no one in their right state of mind could say that he's 100% ready because, um, you know, we know that he started the season because of the injuries of, uh, you know, Madison and, and Emerson. Emerson is back, so uh, do I like Jack Eye better than Weidman? Yes. Do I like him better than Kovacevic? Yes, but Kovacevic is a better defenseman, but Jackai brings a dimension, a physical dimension that Kovacevic doesn't. Kovacevic and... has more experience. He's in his mid-20s, uh, George, so yeah. they're, you know, he, his, reads, know his, his, his read and reacts are a bit better because he's been around the why, block a little bit longer. That's why we're willing to live with his mistake. It's a rebuilding year, so it's not a bad of a deal. Uh, Jackai uh, brings a dimension, as I said, that's very important, physical dimension. Um you know, Savar uh, is not going to be there for like in, when this team is going to start winning. Uh, you know, I need that physical presence of Jack Eye that he brings to defend those young guns, too. You know, like you saw the, how they play bigger, the fact that Jack Eye is there. And Anderson, you don't want him to fight because with his shoulders injury, he's like he's going to get hurt. So you want Jack Eye to be that presence and to do that. And just the fact that he's getting better and he's learning and 19 minutes tonight, he played lots again. Uh, it's good. It's perfect. You know, and then because I hope that when Madison is back, Jack I stays in the lineup and he stays in a third line pair and he keeps learning because uh, I like what he's done and uh, what he's contributing. Uh, he knows what he has to do. He has to stay physical because, uh, you know, that's what brought him in, in the NHL. That's what's going to help him stay. But he has to bring that dimension to keep other teams honest and and as long as he's going to do that, I think he has a spot in the top six. Hey, uh, I'm not going to make people get away with just anything here, even though there's freedom of speech. People could say what they want pretty much. But I'm getting some comments that you didn't fight Chara. You fought Chara, right? Didn't you fight him a couple of times? I fought Chara twice. Actually, I chased Chara all my career when I played against him. I've always wanted to fight him. The, and the, I remember... Was it, was it in the same game that the two times you fought yes, him? Was in the same yes. Game? So I'll tell you what happened is... Uh, when Chara played in Ottawa, true story, you could ask André Roy if you don't believe me. André Roy used to tell me, because he played with Chara, he used to tell me that Chara would come up to him and say, 
how he was afraid of me and he was hoping that I was not going to go chase him and do anything. I would chase Chara. He wanted nothing to do with me when he played for Ottawa. When Chara played in Boston, that was the game I was with Pittsburgh. We're playing in Boston. We were up 5 nothing, And in the face-off, Chara comes up to me. He's like, George, come on, let's go. And I was like, just before the face-off, I was like, finally. I've chased him all my career. And actually, in a pregame skate of that game, he asked me for my stick in the warm-up. Oh, yeah? People in my team were like, they call him like, oh, my God, you see how chicken shit how he is? He's asking for my stick. I signed him my stick after a pregame skate. So that game, we're probably that team 5 nothing, And then Chara, the captain, he has to assume that he has to ask me to fight. So anyway, we're fighting. And uh, when we fought, he pulled my jersey, and he went on his back to make it look like he lost his balance, and I fall on top of him. So when, and then I'm yelling at the referees, when you're not giving us five minutes for that. You're giving us two minutes, we're going again. I was in the penalty bench and I was yelling at Charles, like, what was that? What are you doing? You want to fight or you don't want to fight? Because what he did is called pulling the shoot. Some guys, sometimes what they would do just to get the fighting major, you go on with a guy, you don't want to get hurt. So you grab the jersey and you go on your back. People that don't know fighting, they don't understand that technique. But people that do that could just be like he fall. So we went back at it the same game. He did the same, same thing. He grabbed my jersey again, and he went in his back. That was it. So it was embarrassing. So if he fought smaller guy like Guillaume Latendresse, he would open up and knock him out like he did. But big guys like me, um, you know, that's why a lot of people say that even though he was strong as Knox, he wasn't brave. And uh, no, he never really... Uh, to me, I never had any problems with him. I rocked him. I went after him. I did everything I could. And he wanted, he wanted nothing to do with me ever. Which fight was your toughest fight, seeing as we're on the uh, on that topic? Ah, man, the toughest one, Brashear, Don, Donald Brashear, Derek Bougard, uh, Wade Belak. And it's crazy because two of those three guys are dead. Wow. You know, and maybe rest in peace. Just so you know how tough this job was. And... Uh, Man, Ty Domi, Stu Grimson, Matt Johnson. Uh, man, it's, it's tough to measure which one was the hardest because they were all hard. And I'm just happy that... I got to no tell you, Ty Domi, pound for pound, best, hard, to, hard, hard to beat. Pound for pound, very, very you, hard to beat. You know who else than Ty Domi, pound for pound, was also very good too? Darren Langdon. A lot of people don't know that. Darren Langdon, yes, he was small. He was tiny. He could go on forever. He was to he had tie a very up good technique too, right? He had a very oh, good yes. technique. Yeah. His technique was one of the best. Was one of the best. That yeah. was also one of the hardest fights I had because I remember when I fought him, uh, the referee kind of, he kind of like, I would try to hit him and then for like, I give everything I had for a minute and a half. And then he started to fight after a minute and a half when I was gassed up. <laughs> That that guy could go on forever. It's crazy. Wow. And uh, wow, yeah, wow, he was wow. very good at what he did. Yeah. Uh, the most courageous guy. The most Go, courageous guy. Would it, um, would, it, would it be Ty Domi because of the pound for pound? Would it be him? Uh, actually, yeah, Ty Domi. Because yeah, you know what? He rocked Probert a few times. He, eh? he, he before my era, Ty Domi fought all those big heavyweights, and that had like five, six inches on him, 
50 pounds on him and he did very good. So he was courageous to do that because you remember how many hits to the head he used to get? He put his head down, he was getting hit and people were like, it wasn't hurting him. Like when you use people, he, he put his head down and people would hit him in the head and then he would come in the inside. Um, it doesn't matter how hard your head is. Every time you get punched in the head, it does hurt. And you would go on like this because people were, yeah. would be at the reach advantage and he would go in. He, 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 he was like a gamer, man. And, and it's amazing. He played over a thousand games in the NHL. To have this size and to play the job that he did, that was impressive. Wow. With uh, Big George Larac, we're not going to keep you much longer. Uh, but, um, you know, what do you think is the, is the next thing that we should pay attention to with this team or with this group of players? Is there one thing that's on your radar, one thing that's caught your attention? Is it, uh, is it have you moved on from Dadanov? Have you moved on from Drouin? Is there another you, thing? You is know, a second line you know, started? What is it? Actually, you might not agree with me with this one, but I completely disagree with the fact that they sent uh, Rampick Lake to, to Laval. I, I don't understand it. Martin St. Louis uh, always prone the fact that he was going to go reward the player that deserved it the most. And we talked about Dwayne Dadanov and Hoffman. Hoffman is fine now. But how can you justify to me and to the rest of the team that sees the same thing as we all see, that Pitlick deserves to be in Laval, but not Dwayne Dadanov? You know, if you want to do I, something... I, I, I don't disagree with you, but... Spuffing Zumond either is it like no I no mean, no yeah but yeah, he's but a fourth line player the, and he hasn't been nearly as good as he was a year ago. But but, but Tony, the, the the thing is is that a year ago he didn't play on a fourth line with Dadanov. We put him in winning situation because he has skills, he has speed. Look who he's playing with. We're not giving him any chances. The do the do things that you do know is that. Give him as much ice time that, and all the chance you give to Dadanov, to, to Pitlick, and he's going to give you more offensively than Dadanov does. He's faster. He's more poised. He's more creative. But, but you know why they I did it, better. George? Right? But, George, you know why they did it? They didn't do it because Marty St. Louis wanted to take the easy way out and put Pitlick no, through no, no, the no. waivers. And, and you know, everything you're saying, St. Louis knows – they're trying to get everyone's value up. That's why they want to keep these guys here but, because they're going to trade them before Tony, the deadline. Okay, but Tony, think about it. Tell me what team is going to take either of these guys thinking that they're going to win the cup of them. But Just no, tell me but any team that's going to do they that. They don't have to go to a team that's thinking they're going to win the cup, but there could be a team that is going to make the playoffs, that is going to play a much better team, they only have to pay a month and a half salary. It's probably going to be two paychecks. They're going to be off the hook with the contract at the end of the year because these guys won't have a contract. What's the risk? There's no limit on the amount of players that you can have the risk? once you get I'll into talk, the playoffs. I'll, I'll tell you what the risk is, okay? Contaminate the risk, No, 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 no. Worse than that. The risk is, Most yes, if you win, if you need to win, you do need to have a strong addition, a death. To help you win, right? You want to add death. Well, do you think that these players qualify as death to what, like, to a lineup chart to win anything? Come on, Tony. Like, you know what they would have to do until the trade deadline starting now. What is the trade deadline in 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 twenty five in 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 
in 30 games. Trade deadline is in 30 games. Yeah. So are you telling me that in the next 30 games, you have hopes that either Dwayne and Dadanov turns it back up and ranked up like rank like 20, 20 points in the next 30 games become red hot that all the teams are going to want them? Come on. I say that in the National Hockey League, all it takes is one guy to say, if I get that guy on my team, I can get him going. You're you're all, you know, like at one point they'll stop. Look, maybe I'm naive. I'm I'm not like I look I, right now the way they're going, I wouldn't take the players on my team. But there's always one coach, one general manager who says if we get him into our system, something can happen. You know, with Offman, yes. Not with that enough and the one. All right. Uh only time we could, have a, we, could, we could have we could have a bet on that actually. Well, today today you're right. Today and there's no doubt that you're right. Today we'll see if uh, the same thing holds true at the end of uh, February. Uh, each week, th- each week, each week that we talk in your podcast, I'm yeah. going to remind you of that. All each right, week. no problem at all. And you're going to join me next week. Sid the kid coming to Montreal on Saturday night. Are uh, are you going to hook up with him when he comes here or what? Yeah, probably not. Are you guys it's going been too long? Well, well, when I played, we were. Uh, actually, it's a funny story, an anecdote with Sid the Kid. You have his number? When Yes, I do. When this contract was up, when my contract was up in Pittsburgh, uh, and then I, you know, Montreal and so many teams, I knew I was, Edmonton was in the mix. I had 16 teams that were interested in getting my service. Sid told me, George, if you stay with us, I swear to God, when it, within the next three years, we're going to win the cup. So I end up signing Montreal, and what happened the next year? The Penguin wins the cup. <laughs> wow, wow, what a story. George, look, I kept you too long. It's late. I know you get to BPM Sports very early in the morning. I'm sorry I kept you this long, but the reason why I did was a selfish reason. Everyone that's following on YouTube right now, Facebook and Twitter, if you read the comments, George, everybody loves you, buddy. So I just tried to give the people what they wanted. Thanks so much for staying up late for me. You're welcome. I know you go to bed early, okay, buddy? I'm sorry about that. Uh, Problem, brother. I I think we're going to double the pay tonight. Okay, we'll talk to you you soon. Take care, George. There you have it. Big George Larac. All right, okay. We can open up the phone lines to you at 1-888-585-6-1-888-585-7425. You called? You called? Presented by Playground... Playground, your premier gaming destination located just over the Mercier Bridge, only minutes from downtown Montreal. We are going to get to the callers at 1-888-585-6-1-888-585-7425. Comment sick and hit the like button if you're watching right now. Hit the like button on Facebook. Hit the like button on Twitter. Hit the like button on YouTube. Comment sick on Facebook. Comment sick on Twitter. Comment sick on YouTube. And if you're watching on Facebook or Twitter, but you're not subscribed to our YouTube channel, subscribe now. Uh, it's pretty fun for us when you do so. And if you're going to listen in at any point on Google, Apple, or Spotify, leave us a five-star review with any comment that you want. We appreciate it. We go to the phone lines, and I'm just waiting to hear to see who we're going to. And we are going to Josh. 
Josh, where are you calling me from? I'm calling, for, I'm calling you from uh, DDO in the West Island. From DDO. Okay, fantastic. What's on your mind, Josh? Honestly, I'm thinking when, when Sakofsky comes back, I think he should play on the first line. I think Doc needs to handle his own line. I think he needs to be a center. I think we recruited him as a center. Uh, what do you think about that, Tony? Uh, I wouldn't fix anything that's broken. I would have agreed with you that they went out to get him and they invested in him and they should invest in center. But breaking something that is working is just not the most intelligent thing to do. Thanks so much. No, Tony, I, hold up. Well, hold on a second. Jimmy says, no, we got to run. I appreciate you calling. Thank you. Jimmy Crystal mm-hmm. says, I play your podcasts in bed when I'm about to go to bed. When I'm in, oh, that's very, very nice. Thank you so much. Phil Bolger says, sick. Uh, others, uh, Sonny Patel says, way to go, DDO. All right. Uh, Mr. Major says, no, you cannot do that. Uh, taking Dak line, attack off the line when he's red hot is not something that Jordan Langlois would do either. Uh, and Chris says, sick. Raymond Singh says, my hometown of DDO. Raymond Singh uh, is very, very proud of DDO. There's no doubt about it. All right, okay, where are we going? Back to the full lines. Oliver is in Alberta. Oliver, what's going on? Hey, what's going on? How are you? Uh, not too bad. What's on your mind? Oliver, what's on your mind? Hey, I want to talk to Tony about, uh, is this Tony? It is Tony. Is this Oliver? Yeah, you got it. Hey, Fantastic. I didn't recognize your voice, but I did there recognize and Yellow's voice before. There you go. So I'm Tony and you're Oliver. What's on your mind, my man? Hey, what do you think? Cofield, Suzuki, the next to then like uh, duo. Uh, Caulfield and Suzuki are an awesome duo. I think the proof is in the pudding and uh, the stats don't lie. They usually never do. Thank you so much for calling. We appreciate it as we continue to move on at one 585 sick one 585 7425 We'll continue to get to your calls because the lines are absolutely blazing. Mike is in Maine. Mike, what's going on? Hey, Tony. You remember me? Uh, friends with Chris uh, Nyland. I'm a quadriplegic. <laughs> uh, I've called uh, it times in the past. Yes, I do. How you doing, Mike? Hey, doing very good. Um, been following the Canadians really, really uh, close this year with you guys. Um, and, and I'm really excited uh, the way things are going. I think we're uh, heading the right direction with uh, all the new players. Um, and uh, what's your feeling on Pizzetta? I think he uh, really turned it on tonight, showing that he's a little better than what we think. Yeah, uh, there was a play which was a two-on-o. The pass, which was the right intention, was a little bit off. He did have energy, but I think he's going to have to play with a little bit more if he wants to be part of this lineup night in and night out. Right now, he's not more than an extra player on this team, but he's a great extra player to have because he's the type of player that if he sits, he's not going to pout, and he's a great team guy. He will defend his teammates. The guys love him. He brings a lot to a team because he's got a good attitude, and that's important. And so do you, Mike, and I thank you for calling, man. I really appreciate it, and you take care of yourself, all right? We'll talk. All right. Thank you, Mike. That was Mike in Maine, one 585 As we move along right here on the Sick Podcast, I'm Marinero. Giovanni. Giovanni, what's going on? Yes, sir. 
How are you, Tony? Very good. How about you? Hey, Giovanni Maiolo. Giovanni Maiolo of Maiolo, Montreal, on Sherbrooke Street in downtown Montreal. Is that correct? Exactly, exactly. How are you, Philip? Very, very good. You just got yourself a free plug. Lucky you. What's on your mind, my man? Thank you. Listen, I want to I wanna compliment you guys on an amazing uh, show that you guys are doing. Thank you, Giovanni. And, uh, and, you know, and I wish you all the best. I appreciate that. And, You've supported uh, for a long time. And I, you know what? I'm never going to forget that either. Thank you. Thank you very, very much. Listen, what are those? Uh, what's uh, that entree that I like, by the way? The one with the gorgonzola, uh, that cheese melted uh, on top. The eggplant fritters. Eggplant fritters. Is that on the menu or is it kind of like a special order? Anytime for you. A special order just for you. Thank Let you very know. much, Giovanni. Giovanni, what do you think of the hockey game tonight? And what do you think of the Canadians? A little bit more competitive than maybe most of us thought, huh? Yeah, a little bit more competitive. It's just nice to watch. It's fun. They win, they win. They lose, they lose. Uh, you know, it's it's finally it's uh, we haven't felt like this in a long, long time to for a bright future. So it's it's nice. It's nice. You know what, Giovanni? I don't know if there's ever been a, a comment that has been more accurate than that one that you just said. Now it was a very simple comment, but you know, ne- I don't remember when was the last time that people were so cool and so good with. They win, they win, they lose, they lose. Like, it's no yeah. big deal. Like, it seems like finally people are buying in that what they want first and foremost is entertainment. They want offense. You know they want goals. This you know, coach is giving yeah. it to them. Suzuki's giving it to them. Caulfield's giving it to them. Doc is giving it to them. It's a couple of games that Hoffman has given it to them. They're fun to watch, yeah. man. You know, even when, even when management talks, they make sense. It makes sense, you know, and it's just, it's just like, it's just normal. It's not like no more uh, hidden little secrets and this and that and hiding the injuries. And, you know, it's just let them play. You watch in a few years, two, three years, things will be back to normal. You know, it's, it's, it's really nice to see and they have a great future. It's fun to follow the players also, you know, you, you want to know how many points Suzuki is making or Caulfield, how many goals he's scoring. Slavkovsky, uh, maybe Calder. Who knows? I doubt it, but who knows? You know, like, uh, you want to know if Jake Allen can play 40 games. It's just Jack I, you know, you want to play, you want to see him play against Reeves, you know? Giovanni, with all due respect to everyone who's called us ever since we started the SICK podcast, this was one of the most enjoyable calls I am a little bit biased, though, because you know I love you. Thanks, Giovanni, and thanks for the kind words. We'll talk to you soon, okay? There you have it. Giovanni Maiolo. Now, we go to our comments. Forget the tank coming from Audio Murphy. Could this be the Montreal Canadiens' Cinderella season? Wow. A Cinderella season means what? It means you make the playoffs and you surprise in the playoffs? It could be. I'm still not going to bet on them making the playoffs, but They're better than a lot of us thought. Uh, They're better than I thought. I'm going to admit that right now. Patrick is in Lachine. Hello, Pat. Hey, Tony. From one LCCHS to another, how you doing? Very, very good. What year did you graduate in? 86. I graduated in 1990. Yeah, 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 I know. I know, just before you, so. Yeah, I think think my, uh, one of my sisters graduated in 87, if memory serves me well. Okay, close enough. Close enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's you graduated with my sister, so that that's how it works. Oh, is that's cool. Okay, really. Uh, you want to give me your sister's name, or is that? Uh... 
you're well taken. So, and she's out of town, so it wouldn't work. No, no, no. I'm just saying. I mean, if no, I mean, I was just saying. Do I? So, I, I know your sister. Oh, I don't. I don't think so. Oh, okay. The basketballs and whatnot, but I don't know Della. But I don't know if you know. Her okay, not. it doesn't ring a bell. Um, but go, go ahead. What's on your mind, Pat? Yeah. Do you think? Do you think? I know we're going to be selling, I guess, or or to get picks, maybe. But uh, I, I can't be surprised if they make at least the first round of the playoffs the way they're playing now. I look forward to watching the game, even though. We keep saying they're not going to do anything this year, but I, I just, I'm just drawn to watching them uh, night after night. But um, I'm thinking they could make at least the first round playoff if they keep playing like this. Yeah, why don't we, uh, why don't we take a look at their schedule? All right, they host the Pittsburgh Penguins on Saturday. Then they host right. the New Jersey Devils. By the way, who've had a great start to their season. That too has really, really surprised me on Tuesday. On Thursday, they're going to be in Columbus when they visit the Blue Jackets. And then next week on Saturday, John Tortorella's Philadelphia Flyers come into town. Um, right. And finishing off the month of November, they um, they host the Buffalo Sabres. They go to Columbus to play the Blue Jackets. They go to Chicago to play the Blackhawks. And they host the San Jose Sharks. The month of November, still not all that bad. I right. think the schedule will get tougher um, once the middle of December comes around. They got the Lightning twice in 11 days. They got the Colorado Avalanche. They're going to be in Dallas. They're going to be in Florida. They're going to be in Washington. They're going to be uh, in Nashville. The host of Rangers from the 17th of December to the 5th of January, they Thank run you. into a tough schedule. But for the rest of November, I think it's a pretty good schedule. Okay. Because you guys go by 10 games, right? 10 games. See how they're doing each 10 games. Is that the thing they do? Well, I mean, I, I, you know, I, uh, everyone looks at it differently type of thing, but um, yeah, I guess you, I guess you can look at it in 10 game segments because 82 game season, you break it up in in eight and that's how you have it. And um, man, I was just itchy on my back for a second there. Okay. Hey, well, I enjoyed, I enjoyed the last 10 anyway. So yeah, no, it's been, look, no one's complaining with the entertainment. And we know that they don't give the tickets away. We know that no team gives the tickets away. And we know yeah. that it's been getting more and more expensive every year. And there's only so much disposable income to go around and so many, so much of your entertainment dollars. Uh, but it, they're fun. They're fun to yeah. watch. And uh, they're, they're, they're more fun to watch than they have been, I think, in a very, very long time. Tom Crouchman says, Matheson will make us even better. Yes, he will. Mark Fidanza says, they will make the playoffs, Tony. Bet the house. I'm not going to do that just yet. No. Why don't we get to another comment or two? Mark Fidanza says, they will make the playoffs, Tony. Bet the house. Hello? Yeah. Uh, who's this? Yeah, it's uh, Renee. Hey, Renee. What's, uh, where are you calling me from? Uh, calling you from uh, the beautiful uh, Peachland, B.C., Ah, from BC. Okay, what's going on? Oh, I, I just uh, called to call in and say oh, what an awesome game it was tonight. It was, yeah. Who uh, who caught your attention? Oh, uh, well, Suzuki, Doc. I, I'm glad we made that trade for uh, Romanov. You know what? And so am I. And when Doc was <laughs> taking a while to get going, uh, a lot yeah. of people on here were making it sound like the Canadians traded away Bobby Orr. Folks, I liked Romanov as much as you did. And I like the yeah. fact that he could hit by, like a truck, but he's he was yeah. easy to trade considering that they had Caden Gooley, 
Jordan Harris. Oh, exactly. Um, you know, uh, the Mike Matt, uh, pardon me, Jaden Struble coming up, <clears throat> Logan Mayu, Lane Hudson, uh, Arbor Jack guy. They're deep in terms of young defensemen. And, uh, I, you know, I'm not going to say Romanov is easily replaceable, but he's replaceable for sure. Thank you so much for your phone exactly. call. I really appreciate it. Thank you again. Uh, I even wore. Oh, uh, we lost them. I'm sorry. It's not me that uh, presses the hang up button. So uh, sorry about that. And uh, you call back anytime. Marinaro, look at my top. It's bet the house, but I'm not willing to bet the house yet that they're going to make the playoffs. But I will bet the house that you're going to see goals from this team more often than not. And in terms of our apparel, you can uh, check it out. Our sick merch at sportbuffshop.com. Use code SICK10 for 10% off on all of their items. You can also shop all your sports licensed lifestyle apparel, including hoodies, caps, and T-shirts of your favorite teams from all major sports leagues. The Canadians win by a score of 5-2. to two. And Nick Suzuki picks up a goal and an assist, an assist for Cole Caulfield, and two goals for Kirby Dock and the win for Samuel Montembeau. Once again, will we be back? We will be back tomorrow. Uh, at 10 p.m. Eastern. And Marc-André Perrault of Tivia Spar will join us, as will Chris Latornade, who I'm hearing will open up a box. I'm talking about player cards tomorrow on the SICK Podcast. Special thanks to 8.6 Beer, Intense by Nature, Lacage, and Energy Transportation Group. This podcast is brought to you in part by them, the SICK Podcast. Follow us, subscribe to our YouTube channel, follow us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, Leave us a five-star review on Google, Apple, or Spotify. Hit the like button. Tell your friends about it. Sharing is caring. Tell everyone this podcast is sick. They're going to ask you who you tell them. He's Marinero. Have a good night. Go Abs, go. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the sick podcast with Tony Marinero on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. 8.6. Intense by nature. And La Cage. If the last time you went to La Cage was when the Habs won the cup, it's time you went back to La Cage. The menu will surprise you.